From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro. Hope everyone had a wonderful week. And of course, we're going to end your week off the right way here with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Today we have a super stack show for you. We're going to be talking all about last night's Impact Wrestling on Access TV. Of course, we got the news and notes for you. We are going to be going back in time and talking about the next episode of ECW Hardcore TV. And... We are bringing Visek Man up on charges today for the crimes he committed against his own company, the WWE. Today, we will present to you Wrestle's Court. Before we get to the Super Stack Show, I want to thank all our fans from all over the world. Our great fans in the United States, Canada, Mexico, the UK, Ireland, Germany, India, Australia, Brazil, Philippines, Taiwan. We have fans from all over the world. Thank you so much for following. Without you, there is no us. Make sure you follow along on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod, on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod, and on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. Also, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel because there's a lot of fun stuff coming to the YouTube you don't want to miss out on. So make sure you subscribe, like, put on those post notifications, leave a comment. So strap in your seatbelt. You're about to go on a ride into the weekend on the Wrestling DeLorean. Let's get into the Super Stack Show right now. As always, I want to thank our fans for letting us into your morning routines every single day. We appreciate all the support. Like I always say, I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Without you guys, there is no us. So let's end this week off, right? Let's go into the weekend with style. We have a super stack weekend this weekend. Not only do we have SmackDown tonight at 8, but we have the debut episode of AEW Rampage at 10 o'clock Eastern on TNT. You're going to see Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage for the Impact Wrestling World Champion in the opening matchup. We got Miro versus Fuego de Sol for the TNT Champion. And we got Britt Baker versus Red Velvet for the AEW Women's Champion in the main event. Also this weekend, we got Triple A's WrestleMania show, Triple Mania. We have in the main event, Kenny Omega versus Andrade El Idolo for the Triple A Mega Campeon. We also have the Lucha Brothers on the show. We're going to have Deanna Perazzo representing Impact Wrestling on the show. It's going to be super stacked. Don't want to miss out on that. As well as, we got New Japan Pro Wrestling Resurgence. Their first show in the United States in quite a long time. That's not New Japan Strong. On that show, we're going to have Moose versus Tomohiro Ishii. We're going to have John Moxley and a mystery partner to go against the Good Brothers. We got Jay White versus... Dave Finley, and 
we also have signed for the IWGP US champion, champion Lance Archer, the Murderhawk monster, defending against the ace of New Japan, Hiroshi Tanahashi. You don't want to miss out on that. A lot of big wrestling, stacked wrestling, and amazing wrestling come to you this weekend, so you don't want to miss out on everything. If you're like me, you're going to watch every single second of it. And, of course, on Monday, we'll be talking all about it on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. Before we go into the news, I want to give a big rest in peace. My condolences to the legendary Dominic DiNucci, who passed away yesterday at the age of 89. My regards and my condolences to the family of Dominic DiNucci. Dominic DiNucci, who was the trainer of the great Mick Foley, the trainer of the franchise Shane Douglas. Rest in peace. It was finally revealed by Keith Lee himself why Keith Lee was off of TV for all those months. Now, there was a lot of rumor that Vince McMahon didn't like him for his weight. He sent him down to the Performance Center to lose weight, to train, and all that. None of these rumors are true. According to Keith Lee, who put out a video yesterday, Keith Lee actually came down with COVID and was taken off TV to battle COVID. And while he was battling it, It was discovered that he had heart issues that he had to attend to. It was a real life or death situation for Keith Lee. So all these months that we were thinking, oh, the WWE doesn't appreciate Keith Lee. It was not the case. It was actually him battling for his life against COVID and heart issues. So that that should be a clear example why we should never really believe in the dirt sheets or tabloids or rumors and innuendos of professional wrestling because we don't know the true story until it is revealed to us all this month everyone including myself i am guilty of it too i'm over here saying they don't appreciate keith lee keith lee's a great wrestler why don't they appreciate keith lee keith lee should be main eventing why is he off tv not knowing that he was actually battling for his life this is very reminiscent of Brody lee when Cody Rhodes beat Brody Lee, everyone was like, oh, Brody Lee got buried. Brody Lee's off TV. Why is Brody Lee off TV? Bring him back. Where's Brody Lee? And then he passed away. We didn't know that Brody Lee dropped that title and it was taken off TV to battle some lung issues. And unfortunately, those lung issues took his life. So we never know the true story until it is revealed. That's why, you know, you got to take with a grain of salt everything that you read on the internet. But... I'm glad that Keith Lee's fully recovered. I'm glad he's back on TV. I'm a huge fan of the Limitless Keith Lee, so, you know, I'm I'm glad he's back. I'm glad he's recovered. Definitely a blessing. Speaking of coming off TV and being taken off TV, Adam Page, Hangman, will not be on TV for a little while here because he himself requested time off so he could be there for the birth of his child and have some family time with his newborn. So, for all the rumors, once again, out there that, you know, Adam Page was taken off of All Out because they didn't feel like that was a big enough main event. They didn't want him to be overshadowed by CM Punk's arrival or Daniel Bryan's arrival. That's not the case. AEW did not make this booking decision. It was indeed Hangman Page. I've seen a lot of podcasts. Well, I've heard a lot of podcasts. I've seen a lot of news websites saying how... In their opinion, this is bad booking by AEW. Why did they not, you know... I mean, yeah, they may have 
they could have went about this a little better. They could have not put him in the position where people got their hopes up for All Out if they knew that he was going to request time off. Maybe he requested time off after they already named him number one contender. We don't know. But it did come from Adam Page. It was not AEW who just took Adam Page off of TV. It did come from the man himself. So in that case, I'm a lot more tolerable to the main event of Christian Cage and Kenny Omega and not having Adam Page associated with that match because of the fact that Adam Page is having a newborn, because of the fact that he requested time off himself, and because of the fact that, you know, this is not what we thought it was going to be. So I I honestly am okay with it. And congratulations to Adam Page. If I'm also talking about congratulating people on babies, congratulations to Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae, who announced yesterday that they're going to have their firstborn. Super stoked for them, really happy for them. Me, myself, not to make this all about myself, I have a child on the way coming in the next couple months. I'm extremely excited to be a father, so I am very excited for Adam Page, who's having a baby this month. I'm extremely excited for Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae, who announced that she's pregnant. Really awesome stuff. Something that may not be so awesome is the nature boy Ric Flair taking gym pics with the quote, I will never retire. Now, Ric Flair, who was on his deathbed four years ago, and I mean that with all due respect, but literally was on his deathbed four years ago, I wouldn't, if, I would never put him back in the ring. And any company that puts him back in the ring should be ashamed of themselves because he is a liability. Ric Flair, at this age, should not be stepping back into the ring. If he wants to be associated with wrestling, he could be associated with wrestling. I would have him. He would be great to be on TV. He's a great personality. I He would be a great manager. He would be a great figurehead. He would be a great commentator. He would be a great anything else in professional wrestling, but a professional wrestler. Ric Flair's time has come and gone. I mean, Ric Flair retired in 2008 in that match with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 24, right? Flair retires, comes out of retirement for TNA, had... Not the best run in TNA against guys like Jay Lethal and Hulk Hogan, Abyss. Then he goes back to WWE. Doesn't have a match for WWE, but then, you know, he's battling health issues. He then gets older. He go, He's hospitalized. Still getting older. It's like... At what point do you say, all right, enough is enough? Like I said, Ric Flair may want to come back because I'm sure Flair is going to want to wrestle till his dying day. But any company that actually puts him in the ring should be ashamed of himself because that's a liability. One, the guy could get seriously hurt. Two, the guy could get seriously embarrassed. And you don't want to be the one to embarrass the nature boy, Ric Flair. So let's, let's keep Flair out of the ring. I'm all for any wrestling company wanting Ric Flair on their product. But just not in a wrestling capacity. Please. When we come back from commercial break, we're going to be talking all about Impact Wrestling on Access TV last night 
We have a new number one contender. We may have a new world champion after tonight's AEW Rampage. And a lot of newsworthy shit went down last night. And then stay tuned because we're also going to be taking Vince McMahon to Wrestle's Court. And then to end it off like we do every Friday, we will jump into our DeLorean and go back in time to 1997 and we will be talking about the next episode of ECW Hardcore TV so stay tuned ladies and gentlemen we'll be right back protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered from iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics? Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Ladies and gentlemen, we are about to get into last night's Impact Wrestling on Access TV, which is getting a lot of buzz around it right now due to the fact that there was a lot more involvement in the AEW Impact Wrestling partnership, forbidden door, business practices, whatever you want to call it. I say this every single week, and I'm going to continue saying it until the birds come home. I don't even know if that's a saying, but until the birds come home, (laughs) we are literally seeing one of the best time periods for Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling is the most consistently good wrestling TV show that goes way under the radar. Impact Wrestling and other companies out there too, like MLW, is by far the best kept secret. And I think it's because of visibility. But if you want to see Impact Wrestling, it may take a little more effort, but if you go out of your way to check it out, you will be able to see it. So for everybody who wants to watch Impact Wrestling on a daily, well not on a daily basis, but on a week, I mean, shoot, if you want to be a super fan on a daily basis, but on a weekly basis, make sure you check out Impact Wrestling on Access TV at 8 o'clock Eastern every Thursday. And if you don't have Access TV, make sure you check it out on YouTube. They have a tier YouTube paywall where it is only 99 cents to watch the show on YouTube. 99 cents. That is a two-hour show that comes on more than four to five times a freaking month. We're talking about close to 
wrestling action for 99 cents. Now I'm not getting no money for Impact Wrestling for doing this. This is strictly off of my belief of the product. I love the Impact Wrestling product. You know, the Forbidden Door is the term brought to you by Tony Khan, but the Forbidden Door lives in Impact Wrestling. On this show alone, we have New Japan, we have AEW, we have AAA, we have NWA, and of course Impact Wrestling participants all under the same roof. So let's talk about last night's Impact Wrestling, where we crown a new number one contender in a battle royal. Last night was a really, really good show for Impact Wrestling. We started out hot with Tennille Dashwood versus Taylor Wilde. Really good matchup, and in the end... Tennille Dashwood wins with the assist of the return of the Queen Bee herself, Madison Rain. Madison Rain, who has been a, I was about to say a forefather, but I'd say foremother of the Impact Wrestling Knockouts division for quite so many years. She's been there since, I think, like 2008, 2009. She's been there for a while. She's a multi-time Impact Wrestling Knockouts champion. Always good to see her come home here to Impact Wrestling. We had a match between former WWE wrestler slash former WWE producer, former TNA X Division champion, Davari, a.k.a. Sheik Abdul-Bashir, versus Josh Alexander, the walking weapon who's been on an absolute tear. Josh Alexander wins the matchup. He is still your X Division champion, and he is then confronted by Jake Something. Jake Something and Josh Alexander are going to have a showdown, possibly at Emergence. We're going to see, but I gotta say, Jake Something and Josh Alexander has all the potential to be one of the best Impact Wrestling matches of the year. Both these guys are on a rise. Both these guys are tearing it up right now. Josh Alexander is tearing it up in other companies like New Japan Strong. He is an amazing X-Division champion, and having Jake something go after the X-Division champion is a real throwback to the X-Division's slogan. It's not about weight limits, it's about no limits. Sign me up, I'm all for Josh Alexander versus Jake something. Then we go back and we see the Impact Stars. They talk about who they think is going to win the Impact title on tonight's episode of AEW Rampage in the opening matchup, Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega, who will be the Impact Wrestling Champion. We see Sammy Callahan think that it will be Christian Cage. Uh, No one else really seems to care. No matter what happens, they just want the title shot. So... It will be interesting, but all I know is they want the title to come home. They don't want the title to be on an AEW wrestler. They want the title to be a part of Impact Wrestling on an Impact Wrestling wrestler's shoulder or on their waist. So it's going to be very interesting. The Good Brothers then come out. They blame Violent by Design for making their match a triple threat match last week. Eric Young tells them that they're bringing the titles back to Violence by Design. This place doesn't belong to them. It belongs to us. Gallows gets in Joe Doring's face and offers him for a match next week. Young says that he just made a big mistake. I said that the showdowns between uh, Doc Gallows and Joe Doring at Slammiversary were stuff that I really want to see more of. And here we're getting the big one-on-one matchup. The two hosses. This should be a great match. I'm a huge fan of Joe Doring. And I think Joe Doring is going to be a champion in Impact Wrestling. And he might meet his matchup in size with Doc Gallows. This is going to be a real big brawl, a big man's hoss fight. I'm all for it. Kira Hogan comes out. She is on the mic. She, this is her last appearance for Impact Wrestling. Like I said, Kira Hogan was on AEW Dark. We see that her next move may be AEW. 
uh, we got an attack from Sue Young and Kimberly after uh, Tasha comes out. Interesting stuff here. We got Finn Juice, Juice Robinson, and David Finley up against the capo of the Bullet Club, Jay White, and the newest member of the Bullet Club, Chris Bay. This was a good match, but ended before it really started to heat up. The winners was Finn Juice by DQ after Jay White used the chair. It looked like Jay White and Chris Bay was trying to take out David Finley by any means necessary before their matchup this Saturday at New Japan's Resurgence pay-per-view. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens in that match. I am a fan of Jay White. I'm a fan of Chris Bay. I just don't like the fact that they are heels against Finn Juice, but baby faces against the Elite. It's very confusing what's going on with them. But I'm all for more of a Bullet Club here on Impact Wrestling. We see that Deanna Perazzo has been training with Alicia Zapatella, who is helping her build a repertoire before her match with uh, Molina at NWA Empower. Next week, we're going to see the Impact Wrestling debut of Molina. So that's really cool to see that. We got a special interview with Christian Cage, and Christian Cage is asked about his match tonight on Rampage against Kenny Omega for the Impact Wrestling Champion. Christian Cage says that he will be the one to take that Impact title back to Impact for Impact Wrestling from Kenny Omega. He talks about his roots in Impact Wrestling. Now, if you follow along on the Making an Impact episodes every Thursday here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, you know that it was a huge deal when Christian Cage came to TNA in, 2000, in 2005. I was about to say 2006. In the end of 2005, it was a huge deal. He was one of the first major stars to jump ship from the WWE to TNA he was a top guy for a long time. He's th- right now in the time the time period that we're talking about in the uh, making an impact episodes. We're talking about Christian Cage's 2006 NWA title reign. TNA made Christian Cage a main eventer. TNA let Christian Cage show what he could really do and to his fullest potential. And he even acknowledges that in this interview here, saying that he will give back to Impact Wrestling by being in the Impact Zone next week for the first time in almost 15, 16 years. And it's going to be good to see Christian Cage back in Impact Wrestling. I'm glad that they acknowledged his history because on AEW, they didn't acknowledge that he actually held that title before. But yeah, he's going to be holding that title, well, if he beats Kenny Omega, and he'll be bringing it back to Impact Wrestling. Whether he does or not, I would love to see Christian Cage on Impact Wrestling. That would be a real throwback to what got me into TNA back in the day. He says, no matter who wins the Battle Royal tonight, just know you're not facing Kenny Omega. You will be facing Christian Cage. We got a one-on-one matchup between John Schuyler and Matt Cardona. John Schuyler wins with the distraction of Rohit Raju and Shira. So it looks like we are going to be getting a feud between... Matt Cardona and Rohit Raju. Main event time, we had the 20-man over-the-top row battle royal. The participants in this matchup was Eddie Edwards, Sammy Callahan, Rhino, W. Morrissey, Suicide, Johnny Swinger, Falaba, No Way Jose, Hernandez, Moose, Ace Austin, Madman Fulton, Willie Mack, Rich Swan, Brian Myers, Sam Beal, Trey Miguel, Cody Diener, Chris Sabin, Petey Williams, and the winner of the match is what shocked me the most. Now, this was a good battle royal, but a battle royal is a battle royal. You know, you're very limited. There's a lot of people in the ring, not much room to do, like, spots. So you see a lot of just punching and kicking and chops and forearms. 
But in the end, the winner of the Battle Royal, which came as a shock to me, was none other than Brian Myers. Now, Brian Myers has been grinding for a long time. He deserves this title shot. I really am enjoying his Impact Wrestling run so far. But him winning the title, I mean, him winning the uh, Battle Royal and becoming the number one contender for the title, it tells me that I think that Christian Cage may have a chance of taking the Impact Wrestling title off of Kenny Omega tonight on AEW Rampage. And the reason why I say that is this. Kenny Omega versus Brian Myers in a heel versus heel match doesn't really work. I I don't think that the chemistry will be there and the dynamics of heel versus heel mm, Brian Myers versus Christian Cage in a traditional babyface versus heel title match makes a lot more sense to me and will deliver a better matchup. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens tonight to see who holds that title going into next week. But the show ends with Brian Myers as your number one contender. I enjoyed this show. I gave it a strong three and a half out of five stars. I really did enjoy it. Like I said, Impact Wrestling so consistent. Gotta check them out every Thursday, 8 o'clock Eastern, Access TV. Now, when we come back, we are taking Vinnie Mac himself to Wrestle's Court. And we will bring him up on the charges of destroying his own company from the inside. So stay tuned. You don't want to miss. Dun dun dun. Dun 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 dun. Russell's Court. Welcome to Russell's Court. The judge presiding is the Honorable Mike De Niro. Today we have the defendant, Vince McMahon, who claims he is the head honcho and decision maker of the WWE telling his stockholders that AEW is not competition and the releases were due to budget cuts while still making a profit. The plaintiff says, bullshit. We will hear both sides. And we will see if this man is indeed guilty of lying to his fan base for a potential WWE sale. Welcome to Wrestle's Court. All rise. We are here in Russell's court and we're going to be talking about the crimes committed by one Vincent Kennedy McMahon in the current product. This guy committed a lot of crimes and the man is literally no stranger to court. But we're not talking about the past. We're talking about the current day here. And we're going to be talking about why is it that you are cutting so many wrestlers for all these budget cuts, why is it that there's so many changes being made to the WWE? Why is there so many big-name stars no longer with the WWE? We have our opinion. We believe it is for the selling of the WWE. You want to report profit so it looks better when you sell the WWE. And if WWE is indeed willing to sell and going to sell, of course they're going to want to make their books look as sparkly as possible. They want to make their books look like they are in the green and not in the red. And here's the problem with that. Any company... That's smart enough to want to buy a billion dollar entity like the WWE. They will look into the books and realize that, wait a minute, 
the only reason why you made a profit this year is due to the fact that you shaved off millions of dollars by getting rid of all these superstars. Now, if that's the case, wouldn't that raise red flags? I personally think that the WWE is for sale. There's a reason why Vince McMahon is making these changes so drastically now. There's a reason why Peacock has streaming rights for the WWE's video library on their streaming service and not no longer on the WWE's own streaming service. I believe that NBC Universal is indeed willing to make an offer good enough for Vince McMahon to say, ha ha ha, you got a deal, pal. You got a deal. You want the WWE? You got the WWE. So, all jokes aside, we're we're hearing on a constant basis that there is, you know, more releases to come. In the last two years, they released over a hundred wrestlers. They released a lot of personnel. They released legends like Kurt Angle and Ric Flair. They've released a lot of people. And it is all claimed and it is all being under the excuse of budget cuts. Now, if you're cutting budgets but still making a profit every single quarter of the year, is it due to your business flourishing or is it due to the money that you're releasing? Because... Yeah, I mean, if I if I stopped paying my bills and just kept my money, I would say, hey, I, I, I made a profit. But then my bill collectors would come after me, right? So it's like robbing Peter to pay Paul. So are you indeed making a profit by releasing and not picking up the contracts of a Daniel Bryan, not picking up a contract of a Brock Lesnar, releasing a Braun Strowman, releasing a Bray Wyatt, releasing the hundreds other wrestlers that they released. It, it don't make sense. Like you want to report that you're making a profit, but why are you so desperate right now to report that you're making a profit knowing that the world is in a worldwide pandemic? It would be quite understandable if you were not making a profit. So you are really forcing the fact that you're making a profit during the pandemic, most possibly due to the fact that you want it to look good when you present your selling pitch of the WWE to companies like Disney, to companies like NBC Universal. Because in the end of the day, Vince McMahon is not getting any younger. And this all hopes and dreams that it will go and stay in the family I don't think it's happening at this point. You know, growing up, I always thought that when Vince is gone, Shane McMahon will run the company. Then when Shane left the WWE, it was clear, wow, Triple H and Stephanie will run this company. Now it don't seem like none of that's going to happen. So the whole family dynasty of the WWE going from Vince McMahon's grandfather, Vince McMahon's father, and now him, he will not be handing it off to his children. He will not be handing it off to his son-in-law because of the fact that Vince McMahon has a vice grip around his company. And when he dies, he is going to still have that vice grip around his company. He will not give it away to anybody he needs to sell it. He is all about the almighty dollar. On NXT, we see Ted DiBiase 
every single week now, that man has gotten to Vince McMahon's head because Vince McMahon now knows everybody's got a price, including himself. It doesn't matter if Vince McMahon is still in control. It doesn't matter if Vince McMahon still has his hands around the throat of the creative process of the WWE. He will be sold out in a second if NBC Universal offers him $10 billion. If Disney Channel, not Disney Channel, if Disney offers him $15 billion for the WWE, which they shouldn't because WWE is not worth a $15 billion, Vince McMahon will sell in a second. I think that the offer you would have to, you know, to, to sell the WWE, you're probably going to have to offer a couple billion, but I don't see it going more than five. Definitely not more than five. But in the end of the day, the reason why Vince McMahon is being brought up on charges here on Wrestles Court is because he has stockholders to talk to. He has stockholders that he's reporting to, and he's reporting massive profit margins to his stockholders during stockholders meetings. He's reporting quarterly profits. He's quarterly in the green, and he is not being questioned for why he is there. He's not being questioned for the blood money of Saudi Arabia. The reason why he needs to be brought up on charges is due to the fact that he literally said on the conference call with his shareholders, we'll give more talent to AEW. AEW is not competition. Whether you think that he thinks that AEW is competition or not, him saying the quote, will throw more talent their way, says that his talent are expendable to him, which he proves with the constant cutting and releases of his talent. Like I said, it raised a lot of red flags when you release your number one merchandise seller for budget cuts because your number one merchandise seller should be bringing money your way. So if someone's your money cow, why is that the guy that you go release? It don't make sense. So being that you are doing shady business things like talking shit about your talent on your own shareholders meetings, being that you are not transparent with your shareholders and stockholders due to the fact that the fans are losing their favorite wrestlers in the WWE because of budget cuts, which don't make sense when you're cutting the number one merchandise seller. You gots to be brought up on charges. And we have a decision made. We have a verdict. Let's ask the jury. Vince McMahon is indeed guilty. Guilty for the lack of transparency to his shareholders... Guilty for making his talent feel like they're expendable and he'll just throw away talent to the competition. Guilty for the budget cuts that are lies. Guilty for trying to disguise profits when in actuality you are just firing people during a worldwide pandemic to just make your books look even better for when you do eventually sell. So in my opinion... Vince McMahon, the legend, the GOAT, the visionary, the creator of what wrestling is today, 
is indeed guilty. When we come back, we're going to be going back in time here on the Wrestling DeLorean, and we're going to be going to 1997, September 1997, and we're going to be talking about ECW Hardcore TV from September 9th, 1997. You don't want to miss it. We're going to end the week off right. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to ECW. This is Extreme. We end every week here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast by talking about ECW Hardcore TV, and this is no different. We're going to end the week off right with ECW Hardcore TV from September 9th, 1997. Let's talk about it right now. We see Lance Wright come out to interview Taz here in the middle of the ring in the ECW's Elks Lodge Madhouse of Extreme. Taz calls out Sabu and Rob Van Dam. Lance Wright keeps on cutting him off to complain about how Taz is unprofessional. ECW's unprofessional. He says that he used to work up north and in British Connecticut, this would never happen. He said that mommy and daddy bought him a helicopter. That's why he was able to follow the Sandman during the... uh, during the car chase scenes during the last ECW pay-per-view. Taz is just like looking like, dude, shut up. Anyway, he keeps on going off how unprofessional ECW is, how unprofessional Paul he is. And then Taz just goes to walk away. Lance Wright, he, he grabs Taz's arm, and then he talks about how unprofessional Taz is. Taz grabs the mic and says, are you done? Are you done? He says, on behalf of everyone in New York, let's say goodbye to Lance Wright. Then he takes him and he hits him with a big T-bone suplex. The crowd popped huge for this. Taz then gets on the mic and says, Go back to the WWF and tell Vince McMahon, on behalf of everyone here in New York, on behalf of everyone here in ECW, and on behalf of Taz, go fuck yourself. Strong words from Taz. We next get Joey Styles welcoming us to the show. We are live from Boston, Massachusetts on this week's episode of ECW Hardcore TV. And Joey Styles says, in the main event tonight, we will have the first ever showdown between Sabu and the Sandman. We then get Tracy Smothers versus John Crotus in our opening matchup. It is announced that John Crotus is partner of the Eliminators. Perry Saturn is no longer with ECW. He indeed has signed a contract with the WCW and will no longer be here in ECW. So John Crotus is now a singles wrestler. I'm really upset about that due to the fact that I was a big Eliminators fan and I thought that they were a great team. You know, I, I'm a big uh, Perry Saturn fan, but John Crotus picks up the victory here against Tracy Smothers. Good matchup. Nothing special. We then get Joe Gertner with the Dudley Boys live from Dudleyville. The back lots of Dudleyville in an undisclosed location of Dudleyville. And he talks about how John Crotus is now a singles wrestler. He says, you are... You are a tag team specialist who don't even belong to a tag team. You're a tag team specialist that now has to find his way in the world. He said, why don't next week you go against Devon Dudley? He says, wait a minute, no. Devon Dudley's a tag team wrestler. Next week, why don't you go against Bubba Ray Dudley? No. Bubba Ray Dudley is a tag team wrestler. He said, John Crotus, if you're a real man, next week you will be going against Big Dick Dudley. He says, you like to beat Big Dick, but you will not beat Big Dick next week. A lot of sexual innuendos there. You know, you got to expect it when your name is Big Dick Dudley, right? Next, we got Shane Douglas comes out to the ring. And Rick Rude is here to pick another handpicked opponent for him to defend the ECW world title against. He chooses the hardcore chair-swinging freak Axel Rotten as his opponent. You know, this is a very interesting concept with Shane Douglas having to defend his title against hand-picked opponents by Rick Rude, who is on Shane Douglas's side here. It's to get him sharper, I guess, but it's really interesting because it looked like 
uh, Rick Rude was in the corner of Axel Rot, and he was giving him advice on what to do against Shane Douglas. Pretty good match between the two. You know, a lot of people don't know, but Axel Rotten is not just a hardcore wrestler. Axel Rotten could go. Axel Rotten was actually a pretty good wrestler in his time. And he showed that here in this matchup against Shane Douglas. This was not just a hardcore matchup. He was wrestling a technical style against Shane Douglas. Uh, there was a couple times where Rick Rude was giving Axel Rotten some advice. But in the end, Shane Douglas retains his ECW champion against Axel Rotten. Main event time, it is Sabu versus the Sandman. The Sandman's coming out first. During his entrance, Sabu is on top of a stage behind him and jumps off the stage and hits the Sandman in the head with a beer bottle. This was absolutely brutal. He tries to jumpstart this matchup. Sandman is busted open badly and seemed like that beer bottle also knocked him out because he is loopy as hell. Sabu puts Sandman on a table. He goes for a dive. Tommy Dreamer quickly comes out and makes the save. We get an impromptu matchup between Tommy Dreamer and Sabu like we got last week. While we see this, Sandman is getting medical help to the back. He is in bad, bad shape. Dreamer is going against uh, Sabu. Then Rob Van Dam comes out and he takes out Tommy Dreamer. We have an impromptu matchup between Rob Van Dam and Tommy Dreamer now. Tommy Dreamer takes out Rob Van Dam with a steel chair. Takes him out to the outside. Dreamer is then attacked two on one when Sabu comes back into the ring. They're just destroying Tommy Dreamer. They're, Tommy Dreamer can't get any offense in on uh, Sabu and Rob Van Dam. That tangent is just too much for the innovator of violence. They pull out the WWF flag again to bury Tommy Dreamer with for the third week in a row. But this time, Taz comes out and he clears the ring. Van Dam and Sabu retreat to the back. Tommy Dreamer gets on the mic and he says that he has Taz back whenever he needs a favor. I got you back. Taz says, you don't understand. I don't need nobody to watch my back. I don't need nobody in the backstage to watch my back. I am good enough alone. He says, but you know what? You do owe me a favor. You do. And you're going to make good with that favor next week. He says that he wants Tommy Dreamer to challenge him for the TV title next week so he could show the world what ECW is all about. He could show the world what ECW is to the WWF, to WCW. Because right now he says all eyes are on ECW, so let's do it the right way. And then Joey Styles confirms it at the end of the show. Next week, our main event will be for the TV title, the innovator of violence, Tommy Dreamer, versus the human suplex machine, Taz, for the television title. This was a great, great episode of ECW Hardcore TV. Every week seems to one-up the next. I really enjoy it. This episode of ECW Hardcore TV got a strong 3 out of 5 stars. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I hope everyone enjoys their weekend. I will definitely be covering New Japan Pro Wrestling Resurgence. I will definitely be covering Triple A's Triple Mania. I will definitely be covering all the action that goes down this weekend, including AEW's debut of Rampage tonight. Make sure you check it out on TNT, 10 o'clock Eastern. I'll be covering SmackDown from tonight, all on Monday's episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Like I said, everyone have a great weekend. If you don't already, follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow us on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. And follow us on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. Make sure you follow us on YouTube as well. Subscribe to the page. Put on post notifications. Like the videos. 
comment on the videos. We appreciate you guys so much. Stay strong, stay safe, stay healthy. I love you all. Thank you so much for always supporting and riding with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Peace out, y'all. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.